What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. All these years we've been building, building, building. When that opportunity do come my way, that's when the magic happens. Oh, what a Going into the Edelman household was crazy. Depression, anxiety, those were things I had. I had haters before, I just got more now. Legalizing sports gambling, might as well legalize cocaine and crystal meth. So many people wanted Sonny dead. The question is who got to him first? This is the hard work part. It's the part that I don't see. We help people understand football. Holy goodness, folks! What a fight! Shit. Normally we shoot in Santa Monica or in New York, but today we made a special road trip to go see the one and only. The one and only. Yeah, I mean, we had to drive an hour and a half in traffic to see Cole. It don't matter. We had we, to drive backwards. I was going to get some, get to his house and ask for these damn shoes one way or another. <laughs> That's the first thing you're going to do? <laughs> Cole, how you doing? Look, man, I've been looking for these shoes called uh, the Undefeated Pack. We got to be fresh on the court. No, but I'm excited, you know what I mean? Like I said, he's someone that from the jump, you know, him coming to L.A. when I was at UCLA, you got to play with the McDonald's game. We kind of saw the early, the, the beginning, and kind of just seen him continue to evolve and continue to be 
at one point, you know, the greatest player in the, in the game and then one of the all-time greats, you know, so I think to have the chance to sit down and, and chop it up and reminisce and see what he's got going on post-career now, I think it's just going to be dope. Not only do it somebody who I, you know, probably my favorite player of my time, right? but uh, somebody that I grew up with, you know, like I said, able to play the McDonald's game with, but last time I saw him was when he was able to talk to my son. Okay. On his on his uh, farewell tour, and I never got a chance to tell him thank you. So it's to be a great time to you know to pick his brain, see what he got going on. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, rap with Bean, man. I think everyone thinks that he and I are enemies or don't fuck with each other because that shit that happened in Orlando with the ball fake. But that's what kind of really he ain't like that. No, nah, that's what really brought us together. You know, that's what you know. He after that season, he hit me up like, yo, you want to be a Laker? I said, hell yeah, and he said, anyone crazy enough to fuck with me is crazy enough to play with me. So I think there's such, like when people still, you know, Kobe doesn't like you, you guys, I'm just like, it's it's not even like, to be honest with you, what you're talking about is what really brought us closer and, be, and made us become friends, you know? So we had battles, but then, you know, as teammates, man, we had some, some crazy off the court fun shit we you, you, did. You know, you know what I remember, dog? I was, this is the first time I ever seen Kobe out. I was in Milwaukee. We played y'all. Remember, I was suspended. Uh, we came to the club. You and you and you like and me and you, you called me club. like, bro. I'm going. I'm bringing Kobe. I'm like, man, Kobe ain't going. I was like, bro. I'm telling you. Yeah. And I walked in the club. Yeah. And Cole was in there, and I couldn't believe it, bro. <laughs> like, bro, I'm telling you now, he going out, bro. I'm telling you, coming out with me. Cause I, I was in my room, you know, I was pregame, and I went in the room, burned one real quick, and then I'm like, yo, what's going on, man? Let's let's do something. And then he's all right, let's go. We went out in all cities we went out, we went out in Milwaukee. Yeah, when you called me like, bro, I'm telling you we going out. Like, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Now nah, we bonded instantly, man, like I said, on and off the court. You know, and we were both going through some stuff in our personal life. So it was just like on the court we balled, but then off the court we kicked it and we went out and did stuff. And, you know, rolling with him was a whole nother monster, man. We go into all these black tie events and you see every, that's kind of when I started, I kind of owe it to Cole, is, you know, kind of, started seeing these uh these hollywood women you know what i mean and going to events with him and once you open that door for me well yeah you ain't gotta you ain't gotta you ain't gotta, you gotta, gotta open it no more yeah i'm gonna walk myself well, in I'm, a, I'm gonna do my thing so you know that's kind of like the 2000 when i was separated at the time the 2010 time Whew, that was the beginning of something beautiful california love man you already know a laker yeah, and with with the one arguably one of the greatest Lakers. Yeah, of all time. Yeah, the teammate on the road, just his focus is it doesn't deter. He'll go out and have a good time. It's not like he's gonna go out all night and go crazy. But if it's a situation where he does go out, you know, what I mean, the next morning he's up early, and like the schedules, you know, hadn't changed. You know, he's someone that you know insisted on working. They have out. a glass of wine every now and then, huh? The vino. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he'll get out there and still do his early morning pre-practice workouts or pre-shoot around workouts. Like he was a he was a beast. You know what I mean? Like he enjoyed himself but at the same time he never let it take away from his craft. Ultimate you know what I mean? And that's what I think he held people to a stand. You know, you wanna go out, you wanna go have fun, go do that, but don't let that fuck up what we got going on the next day. I don't know if he could have handled seeing what the kind of shit we did with the We Believe team, though. But like you said, we still came out and did our thing, though. Every night, but uh, we was in the streets every night well, with that, that team. If we was doing that and winning, he would have respected it because that's all he was about. Right. At the end of the day, it's about do your job. But what you do off the court, as long as you winning. 
Let's go. All the smoke. I'm looking forward to this. Obviously, I think our goal is to have a, a candid conversation and, and get some shit out of him that he doesn't normally talk about. This motherfucker, I, I'm actually enjoyed playing against and enjoy watching. So I'm actually a fan of this motherfucker. And you can ask him about who deserved MVP in the McDonald's game. Yes, I have to get that answer. If he stamps you, you're good. Cause I don't know if I believe it until he, cause I didn't watch the game. So if he stamps you. If Kobe stamps that I should have won MVP in the McDonald's 96 All-American game, somebody need to send me a trophy. Y'all heard that, you better send that shit. I'm excited though. This is gonna be one for the books. All Let's the motherfuckers smoke. Let's have a great show. Let go. Welcome back, All The Smoke, episode 11, ringing in 2020. My guy. 11, I don't, I don't know how to say that in Spanish. Is it Unce? I don't know. How you say that in Spanish? You played in Mexico, Unce. didn't you? Unce, God, I got it, I got it, I got it. We got a special guest, man. <laughs> Cole, we appreciate you, man. What's up, man? Thank you for your time. Uh, we've been looking forward to this, man. The fans have been asking. You need to get Kobe, you need to get Kobe. So we, we finally got Kobe, man. All right. We appreciate you, man. You got it, man. So let's get into it, man. What is the difference between Kobe Bryant post-career and the Mamba, the killer we saw on the court? Well, I think it's just, um, you know, a lot of the mentality is still the same. The industry just changes, right? So the same focus, same attention to detail. Um, It's even more so now because, you know, when you play, you got to take time off. You got to let your body heal. You got to do certain things. You know, in business and in creativity, there is no off switch. Day by day. Because your brain's constantly working, right? So, you know, the similarities are, are there. It's the focus, attention to detail, and you try to surround yourself with people that are just as maniacal as you are about their craft. And then the differences are I don't have to put my body through hell every day. Yeah, true, true. You know I mean? uh, some of the things I've seen uh, p- post-career that, that, that I love are obviously, you know, you coaching your daughter and then your new fascination with uh, writing novels. Can yeah. you go into detail with those? Yeah, well, coaching the kids is, is fun. It just kind of came out of nowhere because my daughter just decided she wanted to play about two and a half years ago. You know, and so um, started coaching her a little bit, and then she made uh, a local all-star team. And that's where we met the rest of the girls that are now on the team. And, you know, they all started at the real kind of ground level. But they enjoyed playing so much, it just kind of grew into what it is now. And um, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. And then the novel writing really started just with the kids. The kids can't keep reading stories that have no relation to them whatsoever. And I don't, don't mean just from like, you know, diversity, like a color standpoint, not only just that, but from the fact that they're athletes and there's no story that, that kind of speaks to athletes. It's all like, you know, there's princesses and sleep and prince wakes you up with the kiss. And all <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, not, I'm not trying to read my daughters that, you know, right. like, you know, we enjoy that stuff, but it's right. not, you know, it's not reality of it. Right. You're not going to sleep and then wake up years later and be successful, right. you know? The process you got to work, right, you got to yeah. work. So I wanted to create stories that I could read to them, right. the athletes that go through that type of stuff. Right. Tell me what it's like coaching your daughter, you know, cause I coach my boys, we'll be at the same tournament coming up this weekend. What is it like for you being on that sideline? It's fun. Cause I get a chance to sit and watch and ask questions. You know, that's, that's really my job and you know, my, my coach and staff's job is to really ask questions. You know, and let them figure things out throughout the course of the game. And you'll win some and you'll lose some that way. We'll probably win a lot more if we felt like we would micromanage how they play the game and call plays and sets and all sorts of stuff. But we really just kind of sit back 
and let them process things and figure things out because we are playing for the long game of them being the best basketball players they can be. But it's fun to sit there and watch them hoop. Love it. You didn't, you didn't want an Oscar, you know. We we have we dream have a dream of winning an Emmy with our show. You didn't want an Oscar in the Emmy. What tell me how how did that what did that feel like to be able to say, you know, to win an Oscar? You know, you, of course you wanted to be with six rings with Mike. Yeah. But you have something that he probably he probably never get. You <laughs> know what I mean? One of these. You know what I'm saying? Can't get one of these. So how, tell me about that. Uh, you know, it was it's different because in competition, you 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 it's like it's a direct competitive thing. You know who your competitors are. You know who you we got that bad. face. Like, you know that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's a, it's a direct competition. When it comes to the arts, it's not that. You just try to create the best thing you possibly can and then see how, you know, in this case, the Academy responds to it. So it's very different. Like, sitting there at Oscar night, like, there, there's nothing you can do. Like, there's no need no. to be nervous. There's that no need is. to Because things are what they are. It's out of your hands. You did the best job that you could possibly do. And then you go from there. But the biggest lesson learned from it is you work with brilliant people that see the world the same way and magical things happen. And that's true across industries. I, mean, you got, I got John Williams and Glenn Keane who have never met, but they are both giants in their respective industries, see their craft the same way, and you put them on a project together and, you know. What was it like it. for you coming into this business space as, as overall with all your success you've had in sports? You know, I, I kind of feel like that next step in life, people either kind of, okay, they praise you for what you did and, and excite, eager to work with you, or they're like, oh, this motherfucker thinks because he won five titles yeah. that he can do whatever he wants. It's a little bit of both, right? So, like, I can get any meeting, you know, but then it's the follow-up, right? Or I used to get things all the time where it's, yeah, come in for the meeting for this company that you want to build, these ideas that you want to build. That's all cool. And you sit down and they're trying to pitch you on being on the show, so being nice. in front of the camera. I'm like, yeah, I'm not about that, right? right? So it kind of, it, it goes both ways. And so what we've had to do is just build it ourselves. Cause we just got sick and tired of it. You know, trying to go out and partner with people that, you know, act like they believe in the vision, but when the push comes to shove, they really don't. They just want you me and my yeah. 20 years. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to put that to bed and build something for the next What's 20 next? years. And the best right. way to do that is to do that ourselves. Right. What was our pivotal moment growing up where you developed your desire and the, and, the, and the tremendous work ethic I speak on and mental toughness that you have? What, was there early on? Pick that up. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I, we've, you know, we had a really competitive household with my cousins and, you know, my father and my uncle and stuff. Like, we was very competitive. And, you, know, you had to really, really work to just survive. <laughs> like, you know, that's with swimming, that's playing basketball, that's playing video games, it's whatever. I mean, it was a shit-talking family. Like, you know, when you lose, you not only lose, but you get embarrassed while you lose. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I grew up in that kind of environment. So you, know, you had to work hard just to just to kind of keep your head above water sort of thing. And I came into the NBA, I was like, man, these dudes really don't work that hard. <laughs> you know, it was pretty, it was kind of an eye-opener. I was like... What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think. Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. But you, you started off young. Like, you know, we, we the same age we grew up with. Like, you had a kill list at 13. I did. And I know we the same age. I'm glad I wasn't on it then. I'm glad I wasn't on your kill list then. We, we was the same age coming up. That's like that Billy Madison shit. Like, check. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, Who was on your kill list at 13, bro? Well, uh, Tim Thomas. Yeah, of course. Tim Thomas of course. was. Uh, Rip? Uh, no, Rip wasn't. Not yet. Because Rip, Rip and I were, like, both nobodies. Yeah. So he went to Coatesville. Coatesville. I was in Lower Marist. We were nobodies. So we played on the same AAU team together. Um, and so we were really close. So he might have had a kill list too. So the kill list was what, just people what ranked higher than you? Ranked higher because I, I like going into my sophomore year, I was probably ranked somewhere in like the top two hundred, mm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, then it kind of went up hundred fifty, and then by the time I was a senior, it hit number one. Mm-hmm. But Jo Jermaine was up there, Lester yep. Earl, Corey yep. Holloway. Corey Benjamin, <laughs> Mike Bibby, Mike Bibby. You know what? I mean, I, you know, was our, like class. our class was, you know, I, I tell you what, the first time I ever, I actually ever heard E40 was at a, a, a All American camp. Yeah, we were all hanging out in dorms, uh-huh. and back then it was nothing but Biggie Nas, right? right? That's it. stuff, right? That's it. So they were they were playing E40 and shooting craps, and I'm like, man, what? Y'all gotta show me. What is this? What's going on right now? You know, yeah, so that, yeah. it was fun getting to know everybody, and you know. And then see him kind of where we've all gone since then. Well, you guys played in the McDonald's game together, and Jack Hazard, you won MVP, right? No. I should have won MVP. You did win MVP, didn't you? So, see, I'm glad you said that, Cole. So, who won MVP? Shaheen Holloway. He had like 10 turnovers, too, bro. But you know what got an MVP? Remember the bounce pass to Lester Earl? And he dunked on Boss? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the big play. But I I led the game in scoring. Actually, it was 8 for 10 from the field, 3 for 3 from the three point line. But our team. 
Yeah. Me, you, Rip, Jermaine O'Neal, and uh, Sheen Holloway. Yeah. Crazy starting five. That's crazy. I thought you did win MVP. No, I didn't. So he loves the fact that you thought he should have. But he said, he, no, yeah, no, that's, no. All, that's all I wanted to hear. He wanted that. All I wanted we to hear. about this before. He's like, Shaheen Holloway won, but Kobe knows I should have won. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought you did. I did. I did. Shaheen won it. Yeah. Oh, damn. It was dope, though. It, it, it was a great experience because our team, though, you got to let, like, me, you, Jermaine. How many yeah. made a long career out of that? All of us. Yeah. Like, you know no, what I mean? Rip, Rip has, has some videos. Remember, his pops used to travel around with the camcorder all the time. Yes. <laughs> and so he was showing me some, some clips from his, some of his old footage and watching us knuckleheads walk around. I posted a picture <laughs> recently of me, you, Mike Bibby, and Rip at the McDonald's game. Dude, that's crazy. That's what me and you first met. That's nuts. Yeah, that's when we first uh, met. Y'all old now. <laughs> getting better. We getting better now. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit off camera when we were talking about Stephen A. Smith and kind of how the roles are reversed now, and he's yeah. kind of almost in a, in a player's perspective where yeah. he's getting criticized and everything. Was there ever anything as a player that you remember that was said about you or written about you that really kind of stung and, and hurt throughout your career? Uh, you know what's funny? It, all, all of it does. You know, a lot of stuff said about me or you know, selfishness type of stuff. It's like, bro, you can't win five rings being selfish. Right. Doesn't happen. But I get that's kind of become the mantra. It's kind of become the slang, or the vernacular, or the, the the running joke. Or he doesn't pass and all this other crap. And that's okay, you know, but I'll take those five rings. Five of them. Right, I'll take five of them. That's a lot. It's a, I know me and Matt, and I know you too, like, I've been misunderstood. And I honestly feel like I missed a... A lot of a couple All Star appearances due to the brawl, sure. You know, and um, I've been misunderstood because you know me and he know me. And I'm not the person that they they label me to be after the, after being a loyal teammate. Right. What's the most misunderstood thing about you? Well, I think it's that man. I think it's the it's the selfishness or you know arrogant. Well, maybe not the arrogance. <laughs> You have to be, though. You have to be. You have to be. Maybe not that. You have no, to be, though. I mean, you know, when I'm playing, it's a, it's a, it's a different side of it. I, I think it's uh, the, the, the perception of the way I am on the court is the way I am off the court. It's two completely different things, man. Two completely different things. I mean, I can be an absolute teddy bear at home with my family, with my kids, and enjoying that family time. And um, I'm really psychotic about having that family time and right. making sure we're, we're doing what we have to do as a family. I'm doing school drop-offs and pickups mm-hmm. and, you know, giving my babies a shower and doing all this stuff. Like, I'm making sure I'm there for them as Hands much as on. possible. Right. And so, but on the basketball court, it's a completely different animal. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, I see people saying, well, I don't like him. And what? Okay. Right. I, I mean, I, uh, who are you? Right, <laughs> right, right. You know, right. like that sort of stuff. But it's all good. It comes with the territory. Have you, have you, hold on. Have you ever shot an air bar from the free throw line? No. So how do you, do you feel that you should be, if you're a top 10 player in the league, you should ever shoot an air bar at the free throw line? Uh, I'm sure it happens. But just, have, you haven't. I've never. I haven't. I've never been yeah. top 10. I don't think, if you're a top 10 player, you should never shoot a free, an air ball free throw. Are you referring to something in particular? Just or? no people, stars, all stars, period. Because yeah. multiple all stars have done it. Yeah, I've, I've, I can only speak from personal experience, man. I haven't, I've never shot an air ball from the free throw line. And okay, you, yeah. you haven't. Okay. No, no, not even with my left hand. <laughs> <laughs> not even my left hand, no. right? <laughs> all right. This year will be when June rolls around. Twenty years since you won your first title. What immediately comes to your mind? Crazy, right? Damn. Really? Yeah. Long time. Whoa. Oh man. Uh shit. No, nah, I remember the just us, you know, being really excited that we got through Portland. 
They were tough. <laughs> it's what? Tough. We had we had Bonzi on set oh, a couple he weeks a ago. And he was telling us about that series he and how back and forth. He was, was a nightmare. He was a nightmare matchup for me, man, because he was I was really scrawny and like 120 soaking wet, and he would just try to beat the shit out of me in the post. And uh, him, Stacy Ogman, they really helped me develop my post defensive presence because that was a weakness. I had to develop that quite a bit. But I remember just going into the Indiana series, we were just ready. We were confident. We knew how we wanted to execute. We knew what we needed to do. And we just tried to take them out their sets as much as possible, man. And then, you know, Jalen slid his foot under mine and caused the series to go a little longer than it should have. But, you know, ultimately we got it done. Any pregame rituals or superstitions that you had throughout your career? Nah, you know I don't have none. Just go out there and go to war. I go out and hoop, man. Like, Like sometimes, you know, like on game day, if I'm tired, I go to sleep. If I'm not, I won't. Are you I never feel like so walk around? I'll walk around. A pre, so you, a pre-game that wasn't essential for you? Nah, like if I was tired, I'd go to sleep. Right. If I wasn't, I, I just wouldn't. Uh, you know, chill. sometimes I'd sleep like for 15 minutes on the training table before a game. And that's all you need just to reload. Yeah, yeah, because I'm already in shape. I don't need to sleep to be in shape to ready mm-hmm. to go. Like I can run all day already. My stamina is already where it should be. Mm-hmm. So like whether or not I'm sleepy or not, you know, like being sleepy and then being fatigued are two different things. Mm-hmm. You know, I can play the game and be sleepy. And not be fatigued. It's fine. Interesting. Lowest moment. Like uh, we, we, I know we had a couple of lowest mo- low moments in our career where, you know, either things we control or it was our fault. What's, what was a low moment in your career? I don't really see you having that. It was a couple of them. Well, losing to the Celtics in 08 was tough. But before that, like at the beginning of the journey, was not playing. Mm. So coming in as a rookie and saying, man, if I knew this shit was going to be like this, I would have went to school. Interesting. Right, because I felt like my coach, Dale Harris at the time, was trying to make sure he did not show favoritism to the young kid. And as a result, he swung completely the opposite direction and doing things that weren't really fair. And I mean, not playing, you know? So like my first two, three years were, were, were nightmares. People don't me. know that. People, yeah. don't, people don't know that. People don't know you went through that your first three yeah, years. No, it was tough. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 sit, I sit around, I watch all my peers going out there playing 35, 37 minutes. You know, AI, Ray Allen, they're all doing their thing. Sharif Abdul right here. Everybody's doing their thing. And I'm sitting here glued to the bench, getting really, really pissed off and ticked off, thinking I should have just gone to college. I mean, that, that was the hardest part. Yeah. What was finally, what, what was that breakthrough when it was, okay, and your number was called, did someone get hurt? He finally just yeah, started trusting so, you. What was so it? During the lockout season, when the season started, Rick Fox had plantar fasciitis on both feet. He wanted to play somebody else in front of me, and that person got hurt. And so then he had no choice but to start me, but start me at small forward. And so this is when like small forwards were big, small forwards. Yeah, this was KG, this was Rafael Abdul Rahim, this is Pip, this is like so. I started the first whatever ten games at small forward. I think I started like like seven straight double doubles or something like that. And then I've been in the starting lineup ever since. No looking back. But I don't. I mean, I might have. I mean, who the hell knows how long when I came off the bench for Rick didn't crazy. get injured. So. <laughs> it's it crazy was, it was when rough. you see that, it man. It was really, really rough. It was really, really and rough. Especially, too, like I said, I seen, I got a different side because I went to UCLA almost parallel when you came to LA. So I would see you on campus. I would see you working yeah. out in the gym, and I would know, like, damn, this motherfucker, why is he not playing? Yeah. You know what I mean? I looked at it from, a, like, a point of view, like, I see this dude work out, like, People don't play like he looks like Michael Jordan out there. Like I would see he would come in after our UCLA practice. I remember one time you had broke your right hand Mm -hmm. and you came up to UCLA and did a whole workout left-handed like you were a left-handed player. And I was just like, 
what? <laughs> oh, fuck. And then the next season, he came back shooting left-handed shots. People were like, oh, my God, he's this. I was like, no, he worked on that shit his whole time he had this hand in the cast. Yeah. If you watch, if you watch Kyrie, Kyrie get all that from you. He was just mad. But I'm not playing. Right. It's like you sitting down, you're not playing, and you're watching everybody else kill the league when you know you should be doing that. It, it still pisses me off to this day because, like, ultimately, you know, what numbers would you have put up? All oh, right. Because everybody wants to go to that. Oh, let's go to career numbers. Let's go to career. Somebody, I wish somebody would have told me that back That's then. That's 3,500, more points. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, those three years of not playing and sitting on the bench and just watching, mm-hmm. it's frustrating. Mm, tough. What personal growth did you go through from three-peat with Shaq, he's gone, until you won your next title with, with, uh, with Powell and uh, the new crew? I understand how to connect uh, the team more. I didn't have to with Shaq because Shaq was the guy that connected everybody and you know, still drove a hard bargain, but he was the jovial one and connected everybody. And so I figure out how to do that, but do that in my own way. Right. You know, with, uh, with my sarcasm and you know, uh, dry humor or whatever the case may be and being authentic with guys, but still being able to build that relationship and understand that this is what it's about. And as a result, we wound up having the closest team. I mean, that was the closest team I've ever played on, man. It was... Uh, but that was the biggest change. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's it. going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 
Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. What was Matt like as a teammate? You know, I played with him in Golden State. Uh, he's my brother. Uh, we've been through a lot of stuff on and off the court. Our yeah. mom's a best friend. I was with him during a tough time when he lost his mom. Um, so our relationship is deeper than basketball. But what was he like as a teammate? Yeah. Um, exactly what I thought he was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Feisty. Yeah. Tough. Competitive. Uh, and not afraid of big moments. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I respect it the most, guys that aren't afraid. You got to have some cojones. You playing with me, you ain't got no cojones, man. I ain't, I ain't messing with you. <laughs> well, that kind of leads me to the next thing because I think people think there's such a disconnect between y'all because of the shit in Orlando. Oh, you know, yeah. People really think that. No, like, I, I wanted him because of what happened what in Orlando. Told, that's what he told me. <laughs> that's what he said. He's like, yeah. I remember he says, like, anyone crazy enough to fuck with me is crazy enough to play with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it was funny, though, because... That was just a back and forth game, and that kind of just spoke to both of our competitiveness. Yeah. You know, I the, the year before you guys had uh, beat Orlando, <clears throat> so we come back the next year thinking, okay, we're going to play the Lakers again. We're getting towards the end of the season. It's a back and forth game, and I tell people when I played you, like I just look forward to it because, I mean, everyone knows how fucking good you are, but you mentally attack people too. You do your little code shit where you're elbowing and grabbing, <laughs> knocking the wind, elbowing me I right here, knocking what you're talking about, everything man. out of me. <laughs> everything. I caught a dunk tip. Elbowing me, I'm just like, what the fuck? And I'm the one getting fouled. I'm the one getting teased. So it just came to a head. We're like, man, fuck it. I might have to fight this dude. You know what I mean? Like, fuck basketball, fuck everything. So the play was crazy because I literally just faked the ball and it wasn't like thought of or anything. And you and I didn't realize how close it came to your face. Obviously, you didn't move. But then when I saw after, like that shit was. <laughs> you know I mean, like your eyelashes touched that shit. And this motherfucker might have been the only person on the planet. Like, like you flinched just off some regular shit. Like I put a whole basketball in his face after. We had really been going through, and he just. <laughs> I was. I was telling the story about we was in San Antonio. This is my second time. I turn around to shoot a jumper, and you hit my whole arm. The referee's right there. Don't call nothing. You take the ball, haul up court, right? So you know me. I'm always arguing with the ref. I'm in a full argument with the ref, but I'm guarding you at the same time. And so you start telling me, you better pay attention, motherfucker. You better pay attention. So I'm arguing with the ref, trying to listen to you. You shoot the motherfucker from the logo, net. Give me a look, then the referee give me the same little look. Like I'm like, so look, this one made it worse. Then pop sub me right out. Of course he I'm did. Like, oh shit. He go up at 69, I can't get my get back. Hey man, I just try to fuck with y'all as much as possible. So I, I knew if I, you know, like, you know, y'all coaches, you know, pop, you know, Gundy, man, you fucking coaches crazy, man. They're, they're, they're awesome, but they're crazy. Yeah. Right? In, a, in a little, you know, they like different way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mm-hmm. just tried to do what I could to take you guys out of the game. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, even if it meant like your replacement, yeah. the person that was coming, if you guys did a better job guarding me, yeah, then I'd be comfortable with that. Just to oh yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Let Ooh. them come in and guard me. Yeah, they do a much better job than these two guys. Let First it was Bruce Bowen, yeah. then me, then somebody else. He's just yeah. knocking us all yeah. off. Yeah, and then you wait and wait, and then you roast them. And yeah, then you guys are over there like, what the fuck am I doing over here? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it happens. <laughs> a lot of love, not, but my whole thing with you was, you know, to me, you never good defense is never going to stop great offense. I just wanted to make you work. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you know, with me, there was there was going to be hard fouls, going to be no easy layups. If you shot fake me too many times, I'm just going to foul you. Fuck it, I'm just going to foul you hard you know what I mean and that's what I explain to people like great offense is always going to be great defense you just want to make them work for everything so yeah. if you scored 30 points I wanted you to take 30 shots yeah you know that kind of thing so that we was went back and forth from threes when we was in Golden State, Golden State. That in, was uh, in LA that was I made the first he looked at me like are you serious yeah, he's he all second half have you ever sat down and had like a real off-the-camera uh, combo with MJ 
Oh yeah. What, what, wow. what, is, that, what, is, what is that like? Looking um, in the mirror? No, it's it's fun. I mean, it's fun. No, we're we're really different. It's crazy. Like he, he'll he'll compete to you with anything to you. Y'all different. I mean, I guess. I mean, like he'll he'll compete with any and everything. I won't. I only compete with things that I really am good at. Like I'm not just gonna compete on something you don't know. Yeah, yet. I'm not gonna do that. He'll compete like, regardless. He'll compete with everything. You know, he'll uh, you know he'll talk basketball all day long and nonstop and compete. Well, what would have happened if? You know, my 91 against your 03. And, you know, la, 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 la. like, what's this, 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 that? What would happen, in your opinion? Come on, we can't ask him that, man. I, I, I want to know, I mean, would it be complete dominance? No, would it have been well, a seven-game series? Well, like, well, what would it have been? What, what, what he started the conversation with was, well, I would have destroyed you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, I, I just I just said, listen, just remember who you're talking to. Yeah, <laughs> and he just started laughing. He's like, I'm just yeah. messing with you. I'm just messing with you. And then we just kind of moved on. That's so. dope. But it, it would have been, been fun. That's that dope. Been fun. That's dope, man. Just to even know that y'all had that conversation is dope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> How bad, I remember playing with you. Your whole thing is that you said I want to sit at the table with MJ. Yeah. Meaning you wanted that sixth ring. What did it mean not to be able to get that? Oh, it pissed me off. You know, but things are what they are. You know, you gotta you 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 push for a goal, and my original goal was to try to win eight. Eight. And you push for it, and you push for it, and you push for it, and you do the best you can. And at the end of the day, you can be comfortable with the results and where they landed and where they ended up. And so, you know, that's the most important thing. That's why I can be really, really comfortable with the career that I've had because, you know, you worked as hard as you possibly could. Mm -hmm. and that's it. You and Shaq were able to win three together. Obviously, there's been back and forth of, you know, what he was like, what you were like, whatever. But if you guys were on the same page, connected mentally, how many do you realistically feel like you could have won? Yeah, you probably, I mean, San Antonio was tough. They were, they were tough. And so, like, when the playoffs came around, it wasn't like Shaq and I weren't on the same page. When the playoffs came around, we always were mm -hmm. on the same page. We just got beat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we, we've, you know, the bigger question would should be how many would we have won if uh, the Spurs weren't the Spurs? You know, because you probably would have ran the Tim team Duncan. for a decade. That year, no, he was he was killing, he was by himself that year. You no, know, he was lights out. He was lights out, right? And so the talent, the coaching, everything in San Antonio was kind of a perfect storm. And so if they weren't in the picture, we probably would have run 10 in a row. And they'd probably say the same thing about us. <laughs> that's crazy. You got a lot of young players that's reaching out to you now. Yeah. You know, your advice to them, like, like what you tell them, like how does that feel? Depends what they ask. I mean, like a lot of them will come and ask about their game and things that they should do and things like that. And I say, listen, you gotta, you know the answer to that. I don't know. Like, you know what makes you uncomfortable when you play. I mean, I, I think that's the biggest thing for kids nowadays is that they want to rely on coaches too much. And workout guys, mm -hmm. you know, which is fine to have them help you work out, but you have to tell them what you need, right? You have to be able to say, okay, I feel uncomfortable with this. And if you don't know, then you're not as prepared as you should be, mm -hmm. right? You need to know what your strengths and weaknesses are first. And then, you know, I can tell you some of the things, some of the rhythmic things or some of the exercises or how much repetition you need to be doing on certain things. But you got to know your game. Where did that come from, though? Because you see, I mean, obviously one of the greats, you know, is where you rank. But I really see, you know, with your academy out there in Thousand Oaks, like you open up your doors and your arms for players to come in. And, yeah. and where did that come from, that that giving back wanted to, to come from, really? Well, the guys that came before did the same thing for me. You know, I've, I've had really in-depth conversations with Jay West and talking about things. Same thing with MJ, 
You know, I've had great mentors, Elijah one. I've had guys, mm. all-time greats, Bill Russell. I mean, we talked a lot about how to win championships, how to lead. And so I felt like it's, it's my job to try to pass that information on to the next generation and then see the game develop and see it grow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's amazing to look back and see what some of these athletes are doing now, right? right? Whether it's the generation of uh, James Harden, uh, Luka Doncic now, and some of the players. Like, it, it's fun to sit back and watch the game grow, and uh, that's why I do it. Who are some of the younger players or, or players in the league right now that you do follow when you get a chance to watch? You know what's funny? I wound up, so before Gigi got into basketball, I hardly watched it. But now that she's into basketball, we watch, it's, it's on she every night. She wants to watch it too. It's on every night. I love it. It's yeah. on every night. And, and I mean, every game. I mean, she she asked me to get the league pass on her phone and everything. Oh, like she's all, she, oh, yeah. She watches I love it. everything. So, you know, we'll watch. She'll like, she likes watching Trey Young a lot. She watches Luca a lot. She watches James. She watches Russ. I mean, she watches Brian. She watches, I mean, she watches. Mm-hmm. Who, would you, who, who you would watch? She watches. She watches who I would watch, right. I guess. I mean, right. and, and there's so many young, talented players out there. It's uh, it's amazing. And when I took it to the Laker game, that's the first Laker game I've been to, I think, since my Jersey retirement. Really? Mm-hmm. And um, we just had so much fun because for the first time, I was seeing the game through her eyes. Uh, it wasn't me sitting there, you know, as an athlete or a player or something like that. And then, you know, it's, it's like about me and I don't like that. It was her. Like she was having such a good time and the players were coming up and saying right. hi to her. And, right. you know, and Brian was talking about her fade away and all, you know, it, it was it was exciting. And she had such a great time and as a father. I mean, you just that's all you want. That's yes, all you can ask for. Yes. Yes. Being a father with girls. I have girls. We both have girls. Yeah. When it's time for that first date, they're going to get that mom book. 81 points there. You're going to get the boy to, to stand like, look, bro, I, I put 81 on the court. Don't make me put 81 of these on you. <laughs> you know, uh, I think it's implied. Yeah. It's already I think it's implied. I think it's already, it's already coming. You know, and I think Vanessa honestly drives a harder bargain than I do when it comes to that. Really? That stuff, yeah. 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 So you got to get past that line Mom, of defense first. Big yeah. yeah. Moms don't, you know. If that's you national to, security. Yeah. If you once once you get past pass. that, now you got to <laughs> deal with the real big, big, big dog. And yeah. that ain't going to be nice. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but no, it's good. I mean, we just try to raise our girls to be um, strong, mm-hmm. independent women. You know what I'm saying? Hold themselves to really high standards. Yep. Uh, self-respect, things of that nature. And you just trust that you've raised them the right way. You and Vanessa have been going for 20 years. Yeah. Tell me what that mean with with the height of your career and who you are. How? What, what's your guys' secret sauce, man? Uh, no, nothing's perfect, but you guys have seemed to make it work. Just, just commitment and competitiveness of we are going to succeed. You know, like we've seen uh, couples that have been like 85 years old. You know, oh, and, you, no. and you look and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, man, such an old, sweet couple, you know, and all sorts of stuff. And I'd go and I'd talk to him because I want to know. And one, one at the time, the guy goes, yeah, it's great. But I mean, she just kicked me out of the bed last night. I was sleeping on the couch <laughs> last two nights. <laughs> <Still, laughs> I'm like, it don't right. change, man. It right. don't change. I've been married, you know, 70 something years, right. man. It doesn't change. So it's a constant up and down, the ebb and flows of relationships. But that's also the beauty of it and having the persistence and the determination to work through things. Very, very tough things. And uh, we've been able to do that. Commitment, though. That commitment means that's everything. That's all. Last thing before we get out of here the state of the Lakers. Yeah. With AD and LeBron, I think they've turned the corner. Um, you know, hats off to uh, Rob and, and, and the front office who've kind of orchestrated this team. But what do you think 
of first them as a duo, but then the state of the Lakers. Yeah, well, I, I think I think people gotta uh, uh, should really sing Rob's praises. Absolutely, because I mean, they, I mean they, sure. were, they were they were they were like killing them. They were, they and were I was the one them. that spoke. I was one of the people, like I said, when I spoke, because you know me, I'm straight from the cuff. You know, yeah. even though I know Rob and I've seen him at games and we shook hands since, but I was just like, you know, it looks like a disaster right now. Yeah. And they navigated through and put yeah. parts together that work. But they yeah. seen the big picture when nobody else didn't. But but that's the point though, right? Yeah. It's like being able to stay the course. And you know, Rob and I have talked about that stuff. Like we and not talk. We don't talk about you know this move or that move. It's more so him as a friend is just saying, Rob. You've been there with me. Now it's just you going through it. And you know how we handle it is you just stay the course. All the storm's going on and you just stay here. Just do your job, do your job, do your job, do your job. But man, I mean, what he's done with that team in two years, Incredible. from the contracts that they once had and were tied up to, to what they have on this roster now, I mean, they're the biggest team that I've probably ever seen. Their length, Old speed, school big, too. Old school big. Mm-hmm. Tough, tough. Um, athleticism. So they, they look fantastic. I think the biggest thing for them and uh, what they really need to invest in is health. Making sure the strength training is where it should be. Uh, making sure physically they're always where they should be. They got Judy over there. Judy, Judy, amazing. Over there full-time now. She's over one there of the full-time. best. She's the best. Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest thing for them is just health. If they're healthy, you it's know, gonna it's gonna you know, it's gonna be a hell of a uh, freeway series here. Yeah, so that's a, you, you feel like it's going to be Lakers and Clippers coming out of the West. I, I, it, it looks like it. It looks like it. I mean, I you know that that Clippers team is uh, well put together too, Tough man. They, too. Got, they got dogs, man. Yeah, that ain't scared of nothing. Well, 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 <laughs> before we close on the show previously, I yeah. sent you a shout out. Um, <laughs> so me and my son's been trying to find this undefeated pack. Okay, you got to send me in the right direction, bro. We need them. The right direction right, is right, right here. Down the hall. Yeah. Depends what the size, what sizes, what size they are. I see, as soon as I walked in, the first thing I dust the ones off you got on. I'm a big time shoe fan of yours, bro. Yeah. But the undefeated pack, I need them. We yeah, need them. We may have some here. This, right. is, this is great, Jack, great news. This is Jack's beg, begging segment. He always begging he segment. has a segment where he, he, he tells MJ, I need my boxes back. So you were next on the list, man. But we just want, we really appreciate your man, time, man. Thank you, bro. for having it. Spend some time with us. I can't believe you two guys. Are doing media, yeah, and doing it good, doing it great, yeah, yeah. That's it, man. That's a wrap. Episode 11. Uh, man, we hope you guys enjoy it. We can't thank our guests enough. One of the greatest of all time, Kobe Bryant. Jack, we did it, did it again, baby. Your hands aren't soaking wet. Congratulations, you did that, man. Make sure you check this out. Showtime basketball YouTube channel and all platform streaming podcasts. On say, on say, on say, on say. All these years, we've been building, building, building. When that opportunity do come my way, that's when the magic happens. Oh, what a Going oh. up in the Edelman household was crazy. Depression, anxiety, those were things I had. I had haters before, I just got more now. Legalizing sports gambling, might as well legalize cocaine and crystal meth. So many people wanted Sonny dead. The question is who got to him first? This is the hard work part. It's the part that I don't see. We help people understand football. Holy goodness, folks!
Prevnar 20 shot, it's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>